This is Talking Urology. This Talking Urology Ands Up 2018 conference highlight is proudly brought to you by Ipsen. Joseph Iskia chats with Assistant Professor Angie Smith, a urologist from the University of North Carolina, and amongst her many talents is a special interest in bladder cancer. They discuss the four definitions of BCG failure in non-muscle invasive bladder cancer, why they're important, and also what to do next. Hi Angie, thanks for joining us on Talking Urology. You gave a fantastic talk today on BCG refractory disease. Would you like to run us through some of the key highlights? Sure. Um, So BCG refractory disease, uh, as a urologist who treats bladder cancer exclusively, I think is one of our biggest challenges. Um, We don't have a lot of of, um, of understanding of what to do and when to do it. Um, so really what I, I, I highlighted at this talk was number one, the importance of having a consensus definition for what truly is BCG refractory disease. Um, and then I went into some of the different treatments we have currently based on data, um, including intravesical chemotherapy, um, immunotherapy, and also chemoradiation, uh, even though we don't standardly think about that, and then cystectomy. Me. Great. Let's go back to yeah. what you described as the alphabet soup of uh, definitions for BCG response. Can you yes. run through those for us? Yeah, it can get quite confusing. So I, I thought it was important to highlight these definitions. Ashish Kamat published a great uh, paper in JCO that highlighted these four definitions. It's really critical to understand them. BCG intolerance, that is essentially uh, comprised of patients who didn't tolerate BCG for one way, reason or another, often as side effects. Um, I feel like those number of patients are getting fewer and fewer. Um, And and that's not truly BCG refractory disease. What is uh, are those patients who undergo BCG but have recurrence within six months, um, having had two induction courses or at least one induction course with maintenance. Uh, There's another category called BCG relapsing disease. Now, these patients have uh, disease-free status after they have BCG, but then they recur at, at six months or later. And in, in my mind, BCG relapsing disease, there's what, what I would concert, uh, consider early relapsing and late relapsing. And so there's a fourth category called uh, BCG unresponsive. And that's also an important category because essentially the risk is similar for uh, BCG unresponsive. This, this, uh, this category contains BCG refractory or BCG relapsing early, right at six months. And so both of those categories, and that's the, the, the importance of BCG um, unresponsive disease, this is a category of patients that we're really concerned about with regard to progression. And, and that's really, that's the crux of the matter. When do we do cystectomy, right? So. Absolutely. So let's go on to the intravesical treatments on the horizon. Which ones do you think are the most promising? Yeah, so I think for, the or BCG refractory yeah, disease. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that we've we've seen studies in intravesical chemotherapy, and we've seen studies um, with BCG interferon. But I think on the horizon right now are the studies looking at checkpoint inhibitors. I, I consider it a resurgence of immunotherapy because you know BCG has been around since the 70s. Um, yeah, but what happens when people don't respond? And so there are a bunch of trials on the horizon. Um, the the uh, S6, um, sorry, S1602 uh, um, trial with um, uh, this is Rob Svatek's trial looking at priming, um, intravesical uh, prime. So the patient gets uh, essentially intradermal priming, and then you look if, if, if the BCG uh, responds after that. Um, there's also immune checkpoint inhibitors. So the 1605 trial with uh, Peter Black looking at... Um, 
essentially a tezolizumab. There's the Keynote 57, Pembro. And I think those those trials are going to answer a, an important question is whether checkpoint inhibition, which you know we're building from the success in advanced urothelial cancer, is actually applicable to BCG refractory disease because what we're trying to do is have uh, bladder conserving therapy for these patients. And I don't feel like we have enough tools right now and I'm hoping that opens up the, um, the options. Um, and I think we also probably see combination therapy with um, immunotherapy, but also um, intravesical gemcitabine. So maybe intravesical chemotherapy agents along with checkpoint inhibitors. Um, and I think that's I, likely on the horizon. Fantastic. When do we need to do a cystectomy? Yeah, so that's the million-dollar question, right? Um, and that is the question that we face as urologists, but as also as patients, a very patient preference-driven type of question. Um, I think that, uh, you know, based on the data we have with regard to timing of cystectomy, I think we have some time um, to try salvage therapies. I think considering clinical trials in this setting are appropriate um, because we have a lot at, at our disposal as of right now. Um, but I think that you have to be very careful with these patients you have to be um, surveying them carefully and you have to ex expeditiously move to cystectomy when the time comes. And is surveying them carefully, is that the three monthly cystoscopies That's or is right. that not? That? That, no, that's absolutely right. Three months cystoscopy, um, there are really no exceptions to that. Excellent. And final question, what is one thing that urologists are doing poorly when it comes to BCG treatment or refractory disease? Yeah, great What's question. What's a common mistake we make? Yeah. I would say, and you know, I get a lot of referrals for BCG refractory disease in my practice, and I would say that the biggest mistake that I see is the belief that BCG is going to work again. Now, I agree that if they've had one induction, you need to give them the second induction. Up to 50%, if sometimes higher, will respond. But when you get to the third BCG induction, um, so this is truly BCG refractory disease, the response rate plummets to 20%. It's very low. And the progression rate actually um, goes way up to 80%. So these are the patients we have to be very careful about. BCG is not going to work for these patients, very unlikely to work. So if you're going to do anything and you want to avoid cystectomy, you have to do something else. Chemotherapy, um, perhaps one of these clinical trials with checkpoint inhibitors, etc. Okay. And a question that always comes up in our MDTs is the patient that had a BCG induction two years ago or three years ago. Yeah. When does the clock reset and you just go, you know what, let's yeah. just tr let's start again and do the, the two inductions? Fantastic in. question. Um, I think that's an important question and I, I didn't actually uh, address it in the talk in 20 minutes, but um, in my mind and based on the evidence we have, it's at 12 months. If I see a recurrence after 12 months from their original induction, I treat them as if they hadn't have BCG again because they respond quite well which is great. Um, so those are the easy patients. Um, I go right to BCG and, and oftentimes they will respond. Angie, thank you so much for coming all the way to Australia. It's a we really appreciate it. And you've been a wonderful speaker. Thank you. Talking Urology at Anzup, proudly supported by Ibsen. 